Is your faith an heirloom or is it a living foundation? We're going to, to discuss that and other things on Soul Zero Two. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. I'm so glad to be with you. And today we're talking about this simple thought uh, proof of faith. Do you have a genuine fruit? Do you have genu genuine fruit or just roots? And uh, why do I say that? Because I grew up with kind of like um, with a lot of religious people that even as a kid, I'd look at their lives and I would say, if that's religion, I want to have nothing to do with it because they're hypocrites, they're liars, they're, they're cheating, they're, they're, they're not real, you know? And, and so uh, when I was a kid, I was kind of turned off to, to the idea of, of church or religion because of that, because I saw, I, I never really saw, or, or I rarely saw real faith, you know, people who really serve God because they love Him. And so I just want to present this thought to you today that, that we are living in, in these times. We've always been living in these times, but it seems worse than ever now. So is your faith an heirloom or is it a living foundation? The difference between the two is like the difference between a dead stump or a fruitful branch. And that's the difference. Either I'm a fruitful branch or I'm a dead stump. And I'm talking to maybe Christians today who who maybe have have said a sinner's prayer 20 years ago or they've professed their faith or maybe they were baptized and they say, well, I'm all set and, and, and there's been no fruit in their life since. And I want to challenge you today to, to, uh, to think about this. But when I speak of roots, what do I mean? I, I mean when people say I have spiritual roots, you know, faith roots, let's say, but and they only rely on those faith roots and they've shown no evidence of fruit this is what i'm talking about today uh, i'm talking about people who maybe say they're religious but they really don't know god because god can be known and should be known so when i speak of roots this is what i mean the first thing is this that roots are based on human traditions and fruit on human relationships and when I say that, I say that with the highest respect to church tradition, because church tradition, there's a difference between tradition versus tradition, okay? Uh, I learned that when I was in grad school, you know, the idea that sometimes it's a cliche when people say, well, that's just tradition, and they kind of, um, you know, criticize any kind of tradition at all, but they never distinguish between human traditions, which is the small tradition, their word, and church tradition, which is what was handed down by the fathers that, that ended up helping to form our doctrines and creeds in general. As a church in general, I mean, all faith traditions who, who name the name of Christ, they may have differences, but in general, they got their tradition, all caps tradition, from the church fathers. And, and this kind of tradition, I do not criticize at all. This is, we need this, right? We're based in this. What I mean when I say tradition is I mean human tradition. So we find that human traditions can be very dangerous because they're based on practices, they're based on rules and culture that has replaced a living dynamic relationship with God. And a church can fund like a they they can run like a finely tuned machine and they can run very efficiently and and have all the leaders in their place 
But is there life in it? Is there relationship in it with God? Is there passion in it in what they do? This is why Jesus said, abide in me in John 15. When you look at John 15, it's all about the idea that whatever he is, we are to become because he's living inside of us. And if we really are a branch that is attached to his vine, to his root, then we have life in us. But if, if we're a branch that is just attached to a root of tradition, of human tradition, again, I mean, then there's no life in us. And Paul spoke of the idea of, of wanting to know him. He says that I may know him. But also, I'd like to say this about roots versus fruit. And that is this. Roots resist change while fruit surrenders, right? While fruits, fruit are surrendered rather to the tree. And what do I mean by that? A fruit, when it's produced, it's produced only because everything it got, everything it became, it got from, from the root of that tree. But when someone says they only have roots, but there's no fruit, then whatever they get comes from somewhere else. And think about it this way. Can anything be more stubborn than a dug-in stump? And the roots in Jesus' time were, were some of the Pharisees, some of the Sadducees. I say some because my rabbi friends often challenged me on this idea. And they said, you know, a lot of the Pharisees were good guys. You know, like the Nicodemuses, they, they really wanted Messiah, you know. Um, but then there were the Pharisees who they boasted that, hey, we have this tradition based on Abraham and we're not going to change it. And that's why Luke uh, 16.31 talks about this very idea when it says if they do not respond to Moses and the prophets, if they if they do not respond to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. So they were stuck in this tradition, a lot of the Pharisees, right? So, but when we talk about roots also, we want to say that doctrines and rituals tend to replace obedience and worship. And I, and I mean passionate worship. And it becomes this rote thing. And, and just when you think, well, maybe we're talking about certain faith traditions, all faith traditions can fall in this category, including my faith tradition, which I'm, I'm, you know, Pentecostal charismatic. And we can have memorized liturgies that are as dead as anything you can, you can find in any tradition. Because if it lacks connection to the root, Jesus, then it's dead. So I say that to say that a culture of, of, of perfectly, you know, we can create a, a culture that is perfectly controlled spiritually, and it adopts and, and communicates in a stained glass voice. And, and it could be filled with all these traditions of, of people, created by people, and have no life in it. And, but here's, here's the third one I want to give you. And uh, well, let, me, let me give you a scripture first. But no, I'll give you the point first. Let, let me just give you this that when, um, here's number three. Roots alone are an heirloom, but fruit or fruits are part of a living foundation. Often we can say, well, I have roots, you know, I grew up in so-and-so church, or I was baptized, or I said the sinner's prayer, you know, all these years ago. But here's the question, do you know Jesus now? And even more, does he know you now? And I'm challenging somebody today on this because we should never take our relationship to God lately or something that is just casual, something that I just, I committed an act 
once and I'm all set for life. It has to be a living relationship based on the, on, on the fact that I'm connected to the root, Jesus. So roots rejoice in what was, but fruit rejoices in what is. And it has, it has become an heirloom passed down to generations without a personal encounter with God. And it's not good enough for a kid to say, I have my, my mama's faith or my dad's faith. The question is, what is your faith? Because God has no grandchildren. And Jesus was opposed to the idea of roots with no fruit. When he very pointedly in Matthew 3 and 8 said this, he said, produce fruit, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, if you really repented and said, I want to serve Jesus, then produce the fruit, show me the, the fruit. And do not think, he said, that you are, that you can say to yourselves, we are Abraham's, we have Abraham as our father, rather, right? He says, I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children to Abraham. In other words, God can make a stone worship Him if, that, if that's what He wants to do. But to have people to say, I'm a living sacrifice to God because I've given my life to Him, that is a whole nother idea. That's a whole nother story in a sense. But also, I want to give, I want to give this about fruits versus roots. Fruits, uh, fruits, uh, rather, roots are stuck in sameness while fruit generates new seeds. And there's something about roots that never want to change, like we spoke of earlier. And when people say, well, that's, you know, the only way God did it and the only way He's going to do it, you wonder, what's going on there? Is there life there anymore? So my last question is this. What do roots need to do in order to be fruitful again? What, what does that root have to do? The first thing is this. I'll read it in James. It says, so put away all filth and evil excess and humbly welcome the message implanted within you. Notice that it's talking about filth and excess. That could be anything. That could be sins. That could be neglects. That could be sins of omission or commission. It, it, it doesn't matter. It could be sins of taking lightly your salvation. It says, put all that away and, and humbly welcome the message that is implanted within you. And notice, I, I underlight implanted within you, which is able to save your souls. Why do I say that? Because when you have fruit, it's because a seed has been planted within you. The seed is Jesus. And when we serve Him, our holiness doesn't come from external works of saying, I'm going to do good works to be saved, but rather, I do good works because I am saved. It's a natural byproduct of spontaneous growth and maturity that comes out of me. And what does reattachment mean or, or implanting? It comes from this Greek word that I won't even try to pronounce today. But it means it's, it's, a, it's, it's a word whose property is to root itself like a seed in the heart. That's what it really means. It's something that roots itself in me. And, and, uh, and, but I think of that parable of the sword that says sometimes that the, the word can choke out can be choked out by the cares of the world. And we can lose the word that Christ spoke to us when we made that prayer or got baptized, and we can lose that word so that it never generated any fruit in our life. And when the word of Christ is not rooted in us, we will not last. It says it in, in Matthew uh, uh, 13, 21. It says, it says, but he who has no root in himself does not endure. And, and that is so clear. I, I want to challenge you with that thought today that, that the Lord Jesus wants 
your heart. He wants my heart. And I've been serving God since uh, I think 1973 or something like that, a while. And But yet when, when I go to God in prayer to seek Him or to be with Him, I come as, a, a, as someone who is just a human being who needs to know Him. I don't come as a pastor or as a leader or as a podcaster or anything. I come as a, as a servant who needs His Father and and who never wants to take for granted what he what he gave me what he what he did for me so i want to challenge you to do the same today that as as you as you live your life live with the consciousness that god loves you but he also expects you to bear fruit and and you know jesus talked about those who don't bear fruit right he, you know he says bear fruit in keeping with repentance so if you like this podcast, uh, please leave a like and, and recommend it to a friend. And please, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to it. We're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on uh, wherever you can get your audio podcasts, especially Apple and Google and, and Buzzsprout and, and many other places. But So thanks so much for being with me today. So glad to be with you. God bless you.